0: What are we discussing on today's podcast? You ask, well with the d back struggling against the Seattle Mariners and continuing to fall out of the standings, we look at which trade deadline targets are left after a weekend full of flurries and then talking with Sully Baseball about the impact of some of those trades, the New York Mets fire sale, and which teams in the NL Wild Card race should get aggressive at this year's trade deadline. All on today's Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Yeah. Welcome into the Locked on Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team, every day listening to who? Always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24thatmyportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Dimebacks on Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle, and of course, Thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks the first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube, so please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. Now, we're going to talk with Silly Baseball about the trade deadline, Mets fire sale, and the NL wildcard race. But first... I want to talk about the D-backs continued descent from the standings and what trade deadline targets are left because the D-backs are not looking good right now. They just lost another series to the Seattle Mariners. They lost two out of three and you could really blame the offense in this series for the last couple of weeks. I would have told you more. It's on the rotation or the bullpen, but no, this one's on the offense because they got shut out in the series finale. Like you count on one hand, how many times the D-backs offense has been shut out this season. Uh, You could probably only count with a couple of fingers because it has not happened a lot this year. And the offense did not look good on Sunday. There was only like one guy that even got to second base in Sunday's game. The offense scored only four runs in game two, enough to win the game, but not a lot. And then two runs in game one. The offense just did not show up in this series. And there's a lot of weaknesses on this D backs team right now. And we've heard Mike Hazen in this front office talk about urgency, as we say a lot on this podcast. And. It's a big question about how much you want to mortgage the future right now for a chance to win in the present, right? How much capital of the D-backs future in terms of prospects should the D-backs put on the table to to go out there and acquire some dudes at the deadline? And I say, I don't think you're going to have to wager really a lot in terms of blue chippers in terms of high-ranking, high-tier prospects in your system? Because I'm looking at some of the trades from this weekend. You look at David Robertson, two fringe top 30 prospects from the Miami Marlins system. You get a fringe top 20 guy for Max Scherzer. Same with Jordan Montgomery. You get like two fringe top 30 guys, I think back from their system. Like the D-backs have more than enough pieces to go out and acquire the Jordan Montgomerys, the Jordan Hicks, the David Robertsons of the world because the D-backs team have a loaded farm system. And if you look at the equivalent in their players to some of the trades that we've seen. Like the D-Backs might have only happened to give in, the d might have only have to give up like their 24th prospect or something in their system because their prospects are better than most teams. And so the fact that the D backs right now are not going out there and making moves like it's going to leave a lot of D Backs fans and personally me not feeling good if the D Backs go past this trade deadline and they don't make a move. They're linked to a lot of guys right now. But we saw this this past offseason, right, when they were linked to, like, the Xander Bogarts of the world. And maybe it was a good – maybe it was – maybe the D-backs dodged the bullet there by not giving Xander Bogarts that major contract. But this D-backs team, if they go through this trade deadline and don't make any moves, like, how can you look at this front office with the same credibility they looked at them before and say, you guys are kind of being hypocritical when you say, we care about this season, we care about urgency, but yet – a team like the Rangers is making moves. And yeah, I don't love what the Dodgers are doing because the Dodgers are just kind of the Dodgers are just trying to convince us that all players are going to become good once again when you wear that Dodgers blue and white. Like the Dodgers are just trying to tell us that they're King Midas and whatever they touch turns into gold. It doesn't matter that they're actually trading for underperforming players because they're going to get back to their career normals when they get in our uniform. Maybe that's true or not because I kind of had when we did that trade deadline target podcast last week. I said, tier three guys, yeah, they're kind of volatile, but you get them with Brent Strom, we could turn them around. So maybe the Dodgers have the same philosophy, but at least the Dodgers are going out there and making moves, right? Like I would have liked to add a Lance Lynn and a Joe Kelly to this D-backs team because I just think it would have been potentially better than the options that the D-backs were already throwing out there before. And even guys outside of that, like the Max Scherzers and the, and the, David Robertson of the world and the Jordan Hicks of the world. Like these are all guys that it did not take a lot to acquire them. So when you look like when you're looking at players that are still available on this trade deadline market, like the D-backs can still go out there and still make some moves to improve this team. And once again, I don't think you have to give up major prospects for pretty much anyone that's been discussed on this trade deadline because quite frankly, the players that are rumored at this deadline. Now that Otani's off the market, it's not like you're dealing with the Juan Sotos and the Manny Machados of the world who were all once deadline trades. Like there's no major superstars on the market right now that I think you could deal for. A Giolito is one of the bigger name prizes that you could have acquired. And the D-backs definitely have the pieces to go out and get him. But unless like a uh, Dylan Cease's move, like I know a Max Scherzer is probably a pretty big name, but he is 40 years old, old like he basically his age matches his salary. It's like $40 million for a 40-year-old pitcher. So outside of Max Scherzer, like, there's some big names, maybe like a Justin Verlander, but there's not going to be any superstars in their prime moved at this deadline. Dylan Sees is probably like the most likely guy. Maybe a Shane Bieber if he was healthy. I don't think a Corbin Burns is going to get moved because the Brewers are pretty good right now. So a lot of the best players on the market right now are going to be complementary pieces to your team. So I don't think it's going to take a lot if the D-backs want to get in the game because some guys are still available on this trade deadline market. A guy like Michael Lorenzen from the Tigers. E-Rod also from the Tigers. Scott Barlow, Jack Flaherty, like... There's more, it's more about the teams that are going to be selling that still have pieces like the Detroit Tigers got a bunch of pieces in that bullpen that I think would be really interesting. The St. Louis Cardinals, a lot of pieces in that bullpen that I think would be really interesting. The Rockies as well. The Mets have a couple of rotation and bullpen pieces as well. So when I look at the players that are still on the market, like the D-backs can still upgrade their rotation. The D-backs can still upgrade their bullpen. If the D-backs really want to, they can upgrade even their outfield or corner infield as well I don't know how aggressive the D-backs want to get like you could take a swing on a Tommy fan if you want maybe a Randall Gritchick from the Colorado Rockies if you feel like the lords Guriel can't hold up for the 50 game stretch down the stretch or maybe trade lords goriel for a starting rotation piece that's like uh an expiring contract i know the giants have a little bit of a log jam in the rotation maybe trade lords goriel for one of those pieces in their rotation like there's still a lot of things that the d-backs can do with the place with with the pieces on their major league roster with the pieces in their farm system like the d-backs are loaded with depth and they could probably unload some of their pieces and go get some relievers or some starters to go address some of their other weaknesses and concerns on this team. But if the d backs just sit on their hands, sit on their laurels, this whole deadline and end up doing nothing, I will have to look at this front office sideways and be like, how can you talk to me about urgency? And knowing that this team has, has weaknesses and not addressing any of them, it would make me feel like this – Front office is kind of talking out of both sides of the mouth, doing a little Harvey Dent two-face, and I wouldn't enjoy that very much. This D-backs team is young. I don't think you have to give up the Drew Jones or the Jordan Lawlers of the world, but this D-backs team is young, and you never know how long your championship window is. So because this D-backs team can make the postseason, they have enough talent to at least make it to the dance. As we've seen the last few years, once you make it to the dance, anything is possible. So I do think the D-backs should make every move possible to Make sure this team makes into the postseason and don't have a second half collapse like you saw with the San Diego Padres a couple years ago. Now we'll get into that conversation with Sully Baseball, but first...
1: baseball fans, and welcome to a Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover. Every week, we get together to talk about all of Major League Baseball and a little bit of what's going on in the desert. I am your host for Locked On MLB. My name is Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. This guy calls me Sully Baseball. Not to be confused with Sully Football or Sully Lacrosse. They're out there. We have an army of Sully's. Nope. And, we, and we will win. I'm sorry. I'm finding my inner Oppenheimer right now. Uh, going to see Oppenheimer later today. And he's the host of Locked on Diamondbacks. Guess who's here?
0: That's right. By the time you guys are listening to this pod, i probably already seen the movie. So if you want to, you know, come talk to me on Twitter at careerthomas24 for my personal account. If you want to slide in the DMs and discuss Barbie or Oppenheimer, also the host of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Let me not forget that as well. Streaming on all platforms. And don't forget to catch us on YouTube, Locked on Dimebacks on there as well. And check out the Twitter and Instagram. Just look up Locked on Dimebacks in that little search bar. I'm sure you can find the show handle.
1: And uh, you can follow us at Locked out and MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I am your pal Sully, but Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Uh, the, no one's answered the trivia question. I'm on the verge of just saying the answer, but I'm not going to. I'm going to throw it out one last time. Uh, and the, the question was, what was the only time a postseason series ended with an RBI single by the visiting team. The last play of the series was an RBI single from the visiting team. So you gotta think, how is that possible? On the road, they get an RBI single and the series is over. How did that happen? I gave you a big hint last night. It involved the San Francisco Giants. Come on folks, you got some of you out there, answer this question. Um, uh, I did a bonus episode that posted on Sunday, I went to two games between the Red Sox and the Giants Mm -hmm. at Oracle Park. Both of them were really good games. They're both one-run games. Boston won the first game. San Francisco, uh, Boston had a great rally in the ninth inning on a two-run single by Justin Turner, who, by the way, is vilified at Oracle Park. He went up there. Every time he came up to bat, just cascades of boos on Justin Turner. Why? Because he's a former Dodger doesn't matter if he's wearing a Red Sox uniform. He's a Dodger. In fact, three quarters of the Red Sox are former Dodgers, it seems like. You know, they, they took great pleasure out of Kenley Jansen being the one who served up the walk-off home run to J.D. Davis, which was appropriately a Carlton Fisk-type home run right off the foul pole. And by the way, when the, the Dodgers come to town, well, there are plenty of Red Sox to see on that squad, including J.D. Martinez, including Mookie Betts, and hey – Joe Kelly is back. He went he, back. in in the uh, in the Chicago White Sox fire sale, um, and that was a that was a lot of fun. Um, I gotta say, there the the, the interesting thing about the um, uh, about the, the the game is at one point there was a little buzz going around, which was Max Scherzer got traded. Mm. And there, that was, a, you know, that was. church got and he got traded. But then, then the relief was not to the Dodgers,
0: not back to the Dodgers, not to not the back Dodgers. Pit. But
1: he went yeah. to, uh, he went to um, the Texas Rangers, where he will be. His manager will be uh, Bruce Pochi. and so in a way, the Rangers were saying, "We got one ace." from the 2022 Mets and DeGrom, That didn't work out. Give us the other one in Max Scherzer. Give us your Aces. So, um I have a I, I said some of my thoughts in yesterday's podcast in the, in the bonus podcast. Miller, what did you think about this move? The Mets uh you know, waving the white flag and making a big deal and paying a big chunk of Scherzer's contract as well.
0: Yeah, I don't mind the little Mets fire sale and just kind of unloading some of these contracts that haven't worked out because they are paying Max Schurz a lot of money and they're still going to pay him a lot of money even though they traded him away. But this is a Mets team that, we've seen with their ownership in of front office, like they're not afraid to go out there and spend money in the offseason. So this feels like kind of reminiscent of like the 2012 Boston Red Sox, when they unloaded all those fat contracts at the deadline, then made some moves in the offseason, Then they were right back in it and actually went from last place to world series champion in just one season. So I feel like the Mets could just go back in there, this free agency. We know a guy like Otani is going to hit the market. Like it would not surprise us at all. If the Mets unload all these contracts just to clear the cap space and clear the books to go land a big fish like Otani so I'm not mad at them at all and they did get back some interesting pieces like they got yeah. back Ronald Acuna's younger brother like that's just fun on the surface level am I right
1: oh I, I talked about it yesterday there's a possibility that if Acuna has even half the talent of his brother his name is Luis Angel Acuna if if he is even remotely as talented as his brother, you could have an Acuna with the Braves and Acuna with the Mets right then and there. That is a a smart move for the, for the Mets. And he is apparently a very highly rated prospect and should fit right in. I thought, and I mentioned this in yesterday's show. So if you heard the show that I recorded while walking around Oracle park uh, amongst the seagulls, you know, forgive me if I'm repeating myself, I think this is smart. You don't you know, have the sunk cost fallacy. Well, we spent so much money on this team, we have to contend. You're not contending. So live no. in reality. And if jettisoning Scherzer to help the Rangers now gives you uh, gives you a player like Acuna for the future, I mean, I, it's funny. I, I talked to a uh, a person who I talk to frequently about the Mets, and it's actually his birthday today, my cousin Dave. My cousin Dave Sullivan, who I lived with for a period of time after I graduated from college, and is one. I, he's basically a sibling. He is a, a rabid Mets fan. We text Mets all the time, and he says he has no problem with what this management is doing. Saying, "Look, it okay. It didn't work. Okay, fine." He said, "At least it's a management that tried." and is smart enough to say, okay, it didn't work. And so the problem is instead of saying, we have to contend, the problem isn't solved by throwing more money at it or trading away more youth, but say, okay, well then let's get some younger players and we'll be ready and we'll go get them next year. And I think Met fans as a whole are easier to deal with the, this ownership than the previous one. Remember I said that uh, the, fi- the main thing the, of a team owes its fan base is a pennant contender. If they don't give them a pennant contender, they have to at least assure the fans, we've got a plan. We've got a plan. And if this plan includes bringing in an Acuna to the mix, um, then I think this is a smart move.
0: And it's not like they're trading off their core pieces of the Piet and Francisco Lindores. These are going to be their rental options, they're pending free agents. So it's like, you could trade these guys off like a David Robertson, get back a couple of prospects, and guess what? If you want to get really crazy and you're like, you know what? David Robertson was one of the only good pieces from this season, you could go re-sign him in the offseason and then bring him back and do what the Yankees did with Arola Chapman a few years ago. So it's not like you can't even bring these guys back and it's like, yeah, some of these players are good, but you have seen a whole season where even with these quality players, you did not produce the results you wanted to. So it's like, might as well recruit some assets, keep the Pete Alonso's then Francisco Lindor's, and just retool and rebuild around those guys once you hit the free agency market uh, this offseason, and then you could do a whole bunch of trades or whatever you want.
1: By the way, Miller, good, I mean, I I had not made the connection with the Red Sox trade from 2012, but you're 100% right. I remember when that trade happened, some people were giving me guff, saying, oh man, the Dodgers just fleeced the Red Sox, and I said, what are you talking about? The Red Sox traded, basically traded Adrian Gonzalez." for financial flexibility. Yeah. They traded away Gonzalez, uh, Josh Beckett, Carl Crawford. Now, Beckett, of course, led the Red Sox to a World Series title, but at that point, he was he really... Was he yeah. was cooked, and he was part of the whole... Uh, you chicken know, fiasco. Chicken fiasco. <laughs> Carl Crawford was, a, was an absolute bust, and the stink that was hanging over the Red Sox from the finale of the 2011 season and the absolute train wreck the like it was like the opening of the fugitive the train wreck that was the 2012 red sox that's that's a movie reference from 1993 and um it's a good movie um the bobby valentine year was such a disaster that Mm -hmm. that basically said all right we're just gonna we're just gonna wipe the slate clean and the funny thing is they got a bunch of players back from los angeles and from memory, I don't think any of the players no. that got from Los Angeles were on the team that won the World Series the very next year. But what it did was it allowed it gave them a bit of flexibility to bring in smarter free agents like you know the Johnny Gomes, Mike Napoli, Koji Uehara, Shane Victorino, Stephen Drew, all uh, uh, David uh, no David Ross was still – but but they they brought in a whole bunch of players who helped them win that year. And maybe that's what the Mets are doing. And sometimes making a move like that is the smart thing to do.
0: Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with accepting your losses and just moving forward with knowing, you know what? It didn't work out this time. And maybe next time we could do better. And now you can learn from your mistakes. If you're the Mets, uh, if you're the New York Mets front office and you could go out and build a better product for next season.
1: Well, the Mets were a team that had big, big, big ambitions for this year. And it didn't work out. And they're smart enough to cut bait. But what about the teams that are on the fringe? What about the teams that might be a contender, might not be? Should they make a big move? Should they hold Pat? When we come back, we're going to talk about some of them, including one. I'm not going to mention which one, but they play
0: in Arizona. Ooh, but first, I need to tell our listeners about this little site called FanDuel, because if you want to maybe make a prediction about where you think a player should be going, and if you want to find odds on specific trades, the best place to do that is FanDuel Sportsbook, because take your first swing. Hold on, let me bring up the little FanDuel overlay real quick for our YouTube audience, because take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel, and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to 2 hundred dollars that's right just bet 20 bucks and you'll land two hundred dollars in bonus bets back win or lose that's 200 you can spend betting everything from money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run all on an app that's safe secure and super easy to use plus when you win you can get paid instantly i love going on fan duel i love doing a little same game parlay for my d-backs especially when they're rolling take d-backs money line take a little corbin carroll extra base hit you take a little lord's girl rbi and all of a sudden you got some money in your wallet and you feel good and there's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel America's number one sports book so sign up today and visit fanduel.com/lockdown to get up to $200 back in bonus bets that's fanduel.com/lockdown FanDuel official partner of Major League Baseball
1: The National League playoff picture changes every hour on the hour. And one of the really intriguing things about it is the fact that your beloved Diamondbacks have been either in first place or a wild card team for almost the whole darn year. And as we're recording this, uh, we're recording this in the afternoon of Sunday the 30th, uh, the Diamondbacks are on the outside looking in. Yeah. But one game in the loss column – separates the Giants so one game in the loss column separates the Brewers the Giants the Phillies the Reds the Diamondbacks and the Marlins okay so you're oh, just the tiniest of wiggle room right now in the standings Arizona is one game back of the Giants for the top wild card spot and yep. yet they're on the outside looking in Miami also is only half a game out of a playoff spot. And you're take, you, you take a look at some of these teams. Now, as we're recording this, um, the Marlins are struggling against the Tigers, but it's only a one run game. And also there's a little bit of news here. The, the blue Jays, we'll get to the blue no. Jays in a second, but the blue Jays just made an acquisition where they traded, uh, with, um, for Jordan Hicks, of the St. Louis Cardinals. So the Cardinals are in full sell-off mode, but they're not going to trade Nolan Arenado, which I think is insane. If you're going to sell, let's start selling. But let's get back to the National League for a second. You have a bunch of teams there that a little nudge here and a little nudge there between all those clubs. It could be the difference between being in the position where the Phillies were in last year, getting into the playoffs with the last spot, or playing golf. And it's made the appeal of getting that final wildcard spot greater than ever. How much of the future is worth sacrificing to get that one spot, especially if you look at the fact that a team like the Dodgers are kind of vulnerable. You know, the Braves aren't, and the Braves will probably win the pennant, but we said the same thing last year with the Braves and the Dodgers, and neither one of them made it to the NLCS. So what? Do you, let's just start with the Diamondbacks who are your team, and then we can take a look at some of the other teams as well. How much should they be risking to try to get into the dance?
0: Yeah, well, my message for the D-backs and kind of all these front offices fighting for that wild card spot is you should get super aggressive because I think we've already seen with some of the trades made, like all you have to do is give up like a fringe top 30 prospect, maybe two fringe top 30 prospects. And you could go out and get any one of these rentals from the David Robertsons that went to the Miami Marlins. Or we've seen what the Dodgers moves have been doing or the Rangers with Max Scherzer. Like, it's not taking a a King's ransom to go out and get these high quality uh, starters and relievers for a team, you know, position players for a team. So if I'm a team like the D-backs and I see what the Marlins just gave up for David Robertson, I'm I'm assuming the Blue Jays aren't giving up a lot for Jordan Hicks. Like the D-backs, Desperately need bullpen help. We've seen them. They've had one of the worst closing situations in baseball for like the last three years. And they could just have a mediocre closing role. Like this team could be so much better. So it's like when I see all these relievers, go off the market for not that much. It's like, why are our teams like the D backs just sitting on their hands? I do think they need to be aggressive. I don't think you have to go out there and give up the Jordan Lawlers, the no. Drew Jones, your blue chip prospects. I don't think it takes that much to go out there and get these rentals because a guy like David Robson, late thirties going to be a pending free agent. It's not going to take a whole ton of capital to get players like that. So a team like the D backs team, like the Phillies reds, even your Chicago Cubs, you only three games back, like all these teams should honestly just get aggressive and, try to improve their roster because why not? I don't think he's going to take a King's ransom to get any of these players off the market.
1: You jumped ahead in my notes there because there is a rude interloper in this situation. And that is um, as of this recording, the Cubs are in the middle of an eight game winning streak. And even if they wind up not winning this afternoon, uh, I believe they're currently losing to St. Louis in the eighth inning, but the Cubs have had these, what I thought was the single best trade ship, but well, I mean, outside of Otani, okay, like yeah. I mean, Otani, that's you know, that's Oppenheimer's, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's,
0: bomb. that's a passenger, that, yeah, that,
1: yeah that, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, that's the, right. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> gotta tie it in, um, hashtag Oppenheimer, hashtag Shohei Otani. We're trying to get some, we're trying to get some clicks on this past um, but I think that, um, I thought that Marcus Stroman was the single best, you know, because the Cubs were going nowhere. Stroman was pitching like a legit all-star. I said, like, "My God, the Cubs could get like two blue-chippers, like you." Know, and then all of a sudden, I said, "Or they could start winning." Yeah, and they could climb right back into the race, which, mind you, must be so aggravating for the Padres and the Mets to see the Cubs of the team that dusted themselves off. And as we've seen, the Brewers, the Phillies, San Francisco, Cincinnati, Miami, Arizona, none of them are actually playing like the 1998 Yankees at this point. None of them are being world beaters. When you So when you see the Cubs are – they're only two games back in the lost column of all those teams – it will only take a decent August to introduce the Cubs right into the wild card situation, which meant that the who they were going to get from Marcus Stroman, they could get a Kings ransom. They also had a couple of key teams in desperate need of a legitimate hitter like the Yankees and Yankee fans were talking about Jock Peterson as or not Jock Peterson um uh clay bellinger i i, I for I, I got i forgot which former all-star dodger was in my head uh i i just saw jock peterson play at san francisco no clay bellinger like they were printing out bellinger jerseys and i Ooh. think they were they were already ready to make the yes network yankeeography On Clay Bellinger, is Clay Bellinger the greatest Yankee since Yogi Berra? All the stuff that they were asking the questions about. And the Cubs are like, why are we going to trade these guys if we could actually make it into the postseason? And this run also may have saved David Ross's job as the manager of the Cubs. I say that knowing full well that the Cardinals went on a massive winning streak in September of 2021, made the wild card game over a bunch of people, and they promptly fired the manager right after the wild card game. I digress, but the Cubs are going to make this really interesting and force the Diamondbacks, the Giants, uh, uh, Miami, Philadelphia, all the Cincinnati, all the teams that are on the cusp to try to make a big deal.
0: Yeah, because the Cubs had so many players that you want to pick off with the Codys and the Strowmans of the world. And now it's like maybe the Cubs should just get in the dance and go out there and acquire some players and build up that roster a little bit. Because I still don't love that team on paper. But when they're out there winning eight straight games and yeah, dusting themselves off compared to a team like the San Diego Padres, um, it's pretty crazy. But real quick, Sully Baseball, I got a little breaking news for you, a little passing bomb if you want to hear it. Texas yeah. Rangers acquiring Jordan Montgomery from the St. Louis Cardinals. So they continue wow,
1: to continue wow! To the stack Rangers up. are going all in. Yeah. They're going all in. Oh my God! They well, hey, good for the Rangers. They they've never won the World Series. They were one Nelson Cruz leap away from doing it uh, uh, twelve years ago. Um, they know that they if they're making moves to win for right now, and uh, a lot of this started when they signed Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager a few years ago. And I remember scratching my head going, hmm, it's interesting. Why do they think they're contenders? And, hey, good for the Rangers. Good for the Ray. That's what you want from your management, going all in. Uh, Corey Seager was put on this earth to be a star New York Yankee. He was a perfect New York product. He was everything the Yankees needed, a winner, a, a good shortstop had a, a left-handed swing. That'd be perfect to the Bronx. The, they, Texas gobbled them up. They gobble up Simeon, who is a beast. Uh, he's not only a beast. I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a comp, which people in my generation will understand where I'm going with this. Terry Pendleton, okay. who, was, yeah. who was, who was, <laughs> who won the NL MVP in 91 was just a winner where he played in, st louis or atlanta you got the sense that not only was he a good player you also got the sense that his baseball iq was off the charts and he made the other people around him better like he raised he was one of those tides that raised all the boats you saw that when he went to atlanta and i'm i saw that with simeon when he was with oakland and when he was with toronto he's doing the exact same thing in texas So it's not just that he's a good player, but he seems to be that type of player who I think he's going to make an amazing manager. I think he's going to make someday you Marcus Simeon will be a manager of a team. Um, But yeah, I think good for the Texas Rangers.
0: Yeah. And also just another trade where you see a player going to the American league with the, Rangers the last 24 hours with the Scherzer. And now we got the Jordan Montgomery, Kendall Graveman going to the Astros, Jordan Hicks to the Blue Jays. We're talking about this NL wildcard race, but it's like, outside the Marlins with David Robertson, the Dodgers, I mean, they're making moves, but they're acquiring really a bunch of players. That I don't know how coveted they are when you look at the KKs and the Ahmed Rosarios and Lance Lynn's, like, yeah, they were suitors. But those are guys that are struggling that, you know, Dodgers fans are just saying, hey, once they don that Dodgers blue, all of a sudden they're going to be a whole different player. Maybe that's going to be true. But when I hear Dodgers fans tell me the best thing, the best asset that Lance Lynn has going for him is that he pitches more innings than Jacob DeGrom. He's able to make it through five do I. I'm like, so oh, I. I'm like, OK, five innings, five earned in runs. I guess that's a quality uh, starter for the Dodgers at this point in 2023.
1: I don't mind the move of Kelly and Lynn to Los Angeles. I just that's a complimentary move. Mm-hmm. I thought Montgomery was going to go to L.A. Um, and if the White Sox are in full sell off, Cease is probably still available. Um, I, L.A. start calling them like crazy right now. Um, I, I don't know. I, it is interesting. The Dodgers... Have made some moves that are cosmetic, but it might be just pushing peas around a, a plate right now. <laughs> By the way, I talked about the frustration some of those teams in the NL Wild Card must have with the Cubs moving up. Imagine what's me if you're a White Sox fan, selling everything off, and you're seeing the team at the top is just two games above 500. And you're like, really? With all these players that everyone want, we couldn't put a team that's three games above 500 on the field. But uh,
0: alas. <laughs> That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. Part two with Sully Baseball talking about Shohei Otani staying with the LA Angels and we'll discuss the MLB trade deadline some more. Thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. If you do listen every day, put hashtag every day on the comment section on YouTube. Don't forget, you can catch every D-Bags pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the Serious XM map and search up Diamondbacks. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. says.